Father, we love you. Thank you for your word and for our time together to study it. And we pray, oh God, that we'll be enriched because of it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Exodus 29. This is the consecration of the priests. So this is where the priesthood and it's the high priesthood especially all begins uh, right here. This is the thing that you should do for them to sanctify them, to serve me as, uh, as priests. Take one young bull and two rams, perfect ones. Okay, let me stop there. He's talking to Moses. So Moses is going to get all this started. Moses is the one who, who, who does the anointing and all the stuff. He's the one who initiates physically initiates uh, the priesthood. Okay, young bull, two rams that are perfect. Unleavened bread and unleavened loaves mixed with oil. Unleavened wafers anointed with oil. You shall make them out of fine wheat flour. Place them upon a basket and you shall bring them in the basket and the bull and two rams. And you shall bring Aaron and his sons near the entrance of the tent of meeting and you shall bathe them in water. So we're at the entrance of the tabernacle, right? Uh, and there are going to be some offerings made. Moses is going to do that uh, for, the, for the first of the priests. You shall take the garments. <clears throat> we saw that last time, right? The garments that were made for the priest, high priest. And clothe Aaron with the tunic and with the robe of the ephod, with the ephod and with the cosin. And you shall adorn him with the band of the ephod. And you shall place the cap upon his head and place the holy crown upon the cap. And you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. <clears throat> so this is a service, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a service of worship. Now I don't know I don't know how much the since they wouldn't have had wide screens back then I don't know those people on the outer fringes of the two and a half million crowd you know I don't know how much they saw but uh, but for sure elders and others in leadership positions were there and they would take note uh, that this this was the beginning of the Israelite priesthood of the of the priesthood to Yahweh in behalf of Israel now there's you know there's another uh, there is the, um, um, let's see, there's a name, it, it has escaped me, but Melchizedek was uh, a priest unto God. He was not a priest like this. Of course, this is after Melchizedek. And it, we noted last time that Christ is after the order of Melchizedek. This priesthood has a beginning, and it's right here. Christ's office or offices never have a beginning, never have, I mean, you know, Christ, whatever he does is perpetual. And so the book of Hebrews takes note that these guys had to be replaced all the time. Uh, that's unlike the priesthood of, of Christ who is after the order of Melchizedek. So, so we should take note on that because being anointed and all now, this is the beginning of this priesthood. You shall bring his sons near, and you shall clothe them with tunics, and you shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and you shall dress them with high hats. And the chuna, the chuna will be a perpetual statute for them. That's the priesthood. 
in case you ever want to know what a kahuna was. <laughs> I didn't even think about that till just now. Well, anyway, it's priesthood. Uh, to, to be a perpetual statute for them. <laughs> and you shall invest Aaron and his sons with full authority. Now, Sister Owens, you're going to have to calm down over there. <laughs> Kahuna, please forgive me. That's just... You know, if you read the Bible enough, you can find stuff that your mama don't want you to say, but you can say it if it comes right out of the Bible. <laughs> you shall bring the bull to the front of the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lean their hands upon the head of the bull. You shall then slaughter the bull before Yahweh, before the Lord, at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And you shall take some of the blood of the bull and apply it on the horns of the altar with your finger. And you shall pour out all the blood upon the base of the altar. Now this is the brass, the brazen altar, just inside the tent of meeting. Understand that no one, no one gets past that altar. I mean, you have to, you're a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. So you, you have to make the offering there. Because just beyond there then, of course, you're approaching Yahweh himself and you can't, you can't, you can't carry sin in a, in a symbolic sense like that. So uh, blood poured out upon the base of the altar. You shall then take all the fat that covers the innards, the diaphragm with the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and make them go up and smoke upon the altar. But the flesh of the bull, its hide and its dung, you shall burn in fire outside the camp. It is a sin offering. Okay. The first thing that Moses does, directly instructed by Yahweh, as, as the man of God to lead the people at this point in time, Moses, Moses then... And Moses' office here as the leader of Israel is, is just exclusive. You don't have anything else like this ever again in, in the office of Moses. Uh, Joshua, not even, I mean, Joshua was more of a military leader. He was not like Moses. Um, Moses stood in, in behalf of the Lord. And you remember we saw this earlier in Exodus. God made it clear that he would speak to Moses and Moses would speak to the people. So, you know, you come across, you, and, and it's, it's clearly seen here that Moses is the one who initiates the action and, and uh, carries out the action of the consecration of the priests. You come across uh, a person who, who, who has a unique office uh, in, in the Bible. Mo, they're not many. Moses, is, of course, Abraham would be one. Um, and then there's Moses uh, would be in his special office, as he's called, of the Lord. Uh, John the Baptist, in a sense, had a, a special calling as the harbinger of Christ. There's only one of those. There's only one who, who is the uh, one who leads the way for Christ. Uh, and John the Baptist was that. You have the two witnesses 
in, uh, in the revelation in the time of the tribulation. Just two of them. Uh, nobody else like, like that. So anyway, this is, this, is, this is interesting to take note of the importance of the office that Moses uh, was called to by Yahweh. So here, with all of those instructions, is the sin offering for the priests. Okay, now, you shall take one ram, one of the rams, and Aaron and his sons shall lean their hands upon the ram's head. You shall slaughter the lamb. You shall take its blood and sprinkle it on the altar all around, and you shall dissect the ram into its parts, and you shall wash its innards and its legs and put them with its parts and with its head, and you shall make the entire ram go up and smoke on the altar. It is a burnt offering made to Yahweh. It is a spirit of uh, satisfaction. It's a consecration. This is like a peace offering, a fire offering for Yahweh. Uh, you're, 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 it doesn't call it a peace offering. It's kind of like, it's a, but it's like a peace offering. Um, and so Yahweh is satisfied now. Okay, so you have a sin offering. You can't offer, in, in this economy, you can't, offer, you can't offer a burnt offering until you've offered a sin offering. Uh, you know, I, I have to confess my sin and, and uh, the Lord has to, you know, save me and clothe me with his righteousness before I can enter into service of some kind. A burnt offering, you see what it says up here, dissect the thing. Nothing on the inside of a burnt offering is to be concealed. The whole thing is to be opened up inside out on the altar to the Lord. Nothing hidden. Um, spread it all out for the Lord, then set it on fire. It's a burnt offering. Now, what does that mean? Okay, of course, the sin offering means that the sins have been transferred and taken away by, by a, a, an offering, a, a sacrificial offering. And here, the person offers himself in service and doesn't hold anything back. So the priest is not to hold anything back from the Lord. He should never have a secret life of any kind. He should never have a secret that he thinks he's keeping from Yahweh. His whole life is open to Yahweh, and this is his burnt offering. So now he, he moves, Moses moves in behalf of the priests, or in behalf of Yahweh, for the priests, from the sin offering to the burnt offering, a spirit of satisfaction. So this would be something that satisfies Yahweh. This is the whole life, the whole service of, uh, of the priest. You shall take the second ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lean their hands upon the ram's head, and you shall slaughter the lamb, uh, take some of its blood, put it on the cartilage of Aaron's... Now, how you... There are a lot of... What does your Bible say? The tip of his ear? Lobe of his ear? There's, I, I read the, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in years gone by, rabbinical schools have really been almost gone to war over where the Hebrew word means cartilage or tip or lobe. Um, personally, I go either way. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
on the tip, on the lobe of his ear, uh, right ear, and upon the cartilage of Aaron's son's right ears, upon the thumbs of their right hands, and upon the big toes of their right feet. And you shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar all around. Okay, now this further consecrates them in their service. They should ever be ready to hear direction from the Lord. They should ever be ready to hear the cries of the people and go to the Lord in behalf of the people. That's their ears. Their thumbs, big toes, they should ever be ready to serve the Lord for all of their lives. Now later on, later on, uh, the, uh, there's a limit put on the age, the age of the priests because the, Lev the Levitical tribe really grew. Well, the, you know, the, the tabernacle is only so big, right? Uh, and, and then later the temple is only so big, so you can't, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't put all the priests in there all the time. You know, of course, you may remember Zechariah, John the Baptist's daddy. It was his turn to go into the temple. So they, they, first of all, they went from age 20 to 50. So by the time you hit 50, you were done. You were retired as a priest. Um, and then after that, David, there were um, 24 orders of priesthood uh, so, that, so that there would be some regularity and some order to the priesthood. But on this, in this case, uh, it's just these guys. So How many priests were there? Later on? When they did this initial consecration. Oh, this was Aaron and his sons. How many of his sons did he have? Two. <laughs> there, there, there will be a quiz after class. Two. Hit two. Well, all this trouble just for three guys. I'm, I'm offended. <laughs> Shows you how important the priesthood was, doesn't it? Well, the right hand was always the hand of, of authority and power. Christ is at the right hand of God. Um, and so, you know, sorry if you're left-handed, but that's what it, <laughs> that, that's just the way it is in the Bible. Uh, the, the right hand was the hand of authority and, uh, and power. Uh, the big toes of their right feet. That makes it sound like they had more than one big toe on their foot, don't it? Yeah. There's this, yeah, there's this special physical quality about the priests. They had two big toes. Uh, <laughs> and they really did. I just hope they didn't have gout. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a bad word. I don't even want to go there and think about it. So they sprinkle the blood all around. All right, this means, hey, you know, this is Moses. Moses is a powerful guy in, the, in that crowd. I mean, he... You know, he, uh, he, he, he did things with his staff, right? He, he called down the plagues. He's, he's, he's a very important character. He, he stood before the people and with the Lord using him, he parted the Red Sea. So, so Moses, Yahweh via Moses, right through Moses to these priests, you are my sincere servants in this temple. This is your, this is your ministry. This is how you minister, right? Okay. So, 
Hmm? Numbers had four sons. Had four sons, okay. Oh, you know, it was Ellie. I'm getting, I'm getting Wednesday night and Sunday night mixed up. Ellie and, and 1 Samuel, Eli. Some people call him Eli, but they're wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ellie, Ellie. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, now the, the, guy, the guy in Samuel had two sons. Okay, so I feel better. We're getting more of our money's worth now. We're up to five priests instead of three. Does that make... Yeah, yeah, boy, we got a lot of toes in there. Uh, and thumbs. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Huh? That's, yeah, well, that's, that's... I'd make a lot of money if I was in baseball batting 500. Okay. You shall then take some of the blood that is upon the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. Thus he will become holy along with his garments and his sons and their garments with him. Okay, you remember in the previous chapter, the ornate way and the meticulous way that God said that the, the priestly garments were to be made. So, it, and we talked about how everything had a meaning. The materials all had a meaning and, 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 and everything. So, Look at what he says here. Uh, he, will be, he will be holy along with his garments and his sons and their garments with him. So very, very special uh, attention to the importance of those garments. This would separate him. And you know, it, 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 it so cheapens the thing when we, when we fast forward that to what we're studying on Sunday morning in Luke. The high priest, uh, Annas and, and Caiaphas, uh, and, and how they're, you know, they're just sold out for money. They're Sadducees. They don't really care about all this other stuff. The money thing is, is what's important to them. And, and they, were, they are so far fallen from, from what all of this is here and, and, and what a, a high priest is supposed to be. And you shall take, I said, did I get that for you? Yeah. And you shall take out of the ram the fat and the fat tail and the fat that covers the innards, the diaphragm of the liver, the two kidneys along with the fat that is upon them, the right thigh, and for it is a ram of perfection. Consecration. He's, he's um, this, this, this purifies this purifies their service and their, their office, uh, and it still, it still even further reveals to the people the importance of the work of the high priest. And one loaf of bread, one loaf of oil bread, and one wafer from the basket of matzot that stands before Yahweh. You shall place it, upon, you shall place it all upon Aaron's palms and upon the son's palms, and you shall wave them as a waving before Yahweh. Okay, well, let me, oh, let me finish. You shall then take them from their hands and make them go up in smoke upon the altar with the burnt offering as a spirit of satisfaction or consecration or peace uh, before Yahweh. For it is a fire offering for Yahweh. That's not a whole lot different uh, from burnt offering, really. A fire offering for Yahweh. You shall take the breast of the ram of perfection, which is Aaron's, and wave it as a waving before Yahweh, and it will become your portion. Okay, this is a wave offering. 
so what does the wave offering do? The, the, the priest, a wave offering, a sh- later a sheaf that's a, that's a wave offering. This is what he takes and in accord with the instructions that, that are in the law, what he waves before the Lord is an offering, but it becomes his. Okay? That's the wave offering. All right? Uh, let's see. Become, see. Okay, here it is. It will become your portion. And you shall sanctify the breast of the waving and the thigh of the uplifting, which was waved and which was lifted up of the ram of perfection and of that which is Aaron's and that which is his son's. And so it shall remain for Aaron and his sons as a perpetual allotment from the children of Israel. For it is an offering and it shall remain an offering from the children of Israel of their peace offerings. It is their offering to Yahweh. Uh, so, you know, this, this is kind of a big deal. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, and the, the, the priest would wave it before the Lord, and that was the wave offering, and it would be his portion. Question. Yes? Is there something more significant than just the physical act of the wave about the wave offering itself? Well, later on, the first fruits are a wave offering. That's not now. This is just dealing with the priesthood, but with regard to Israel, the wave offering of the first fruits. Uh, that would be offered as a, as an offering to Yahweh whenever they saw it first coming in, take it, and that meant that uh, that meant that they were expecting a great harvest that God would bless. They would give that first to the Lord, and that was waved. But the the the, the wave offering is an offering that is something not intended necessarily to be burned, but just to be waved. Okay. The holy garments that are Aaron's shall be for his sons after him to be exalted through him and invested with full authority through them. Seven days shall the one of his sons, who will be the, the priest in his place, wear them. The one who is to enter the tent of meeting to serve in the holy, or the holy, most holy, the holy of holies. So there's a way to hand this thing off, right? Okay. You shall take the ram of perfection and cook its flesh in a holy place. Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the entrance of the tent of meeting. They shall eat those things with which atonement has been effected in order to invest them with full authority to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat of them because they are a sacred thing. Okay, so this is a sacred service. Uh... That is just for uh, just for the priest here, or in this case Aaron and his sons. If any of the flesh of the perfection offering or of the bread is left over until the next morning, what is left over you shall burn in fire. It shall not be eaten because it is a sacred thing. That would have been good advice to the dear people in Wuhan or Wuhan, whatever it is. Uh, if it's in the market after yesterday, burn it. So shall you do to Aaron and his sons according to all that I have commanded you. For seven days you shall perform uh, their investiture. Seven, this is a seven-day ritual. And a bull is a sin offering you shall offer up every day for the atonements. 
and you shall purify the altar by performing atonement upon it, and you shall anoint it in order to sanctify it. For seven days, now we're talking about the initiation of all this stuff. God has been telling him how to build it, and then you've got to have the priesthood to run it. And so Moses is going to get it, going to get it up and running uh, as the representative of God. Uh, so this is what they're to do to get all this up and running. You should, uh, in order to sanctify it for seven days, you shall perform atonement upon the altar and sanctify it. Uh, from here, or henceforth, the altar shall be a holy of holies. Whatever touches the altar will be holy. And this is what you shall offer upon the altar. Lambs in their first year, two a day continually. The one lamb you shall offer up in the morning and the other lamb you shall offer up in the afternoon. And one-tenth of fine flour, thoroughly mixed with a quarter of hen of crushed olive oil and a libation of one quarter of a hen of wine for the one lamb. The other lamb you shall offer up in the afternoon, you shall offer it up like the meal offering of the morning and its libation as a spirit of satisfaction, a fire offering to Yahweh. It shall be a continual burnt offering for your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before Yahweh, where I will arrange meetings with you uh, to speak to you there. There I will arrange meetings with the children of Israel, and it will be sanctified by my glory. I will sanctify the tent of meeting and the altar, and I will sanctify Aaron and his sons to serve me as the priesthood. As priests, I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel, and I will be their God, their Elohim. They will know that I, Yahweh, am their Elohim, who brought them out of the land of Egypt in order that I may dwell in their midst. I am the Lord their God. I am Yahweh Elohim. Okay. Now, Obviously, the consecration was a lengthy service. This whole thing lasted some days. Uh, it was extraordinarily important. This is the initiation of this whole thing. You do it, uh, most of this, you do it once and that's it, uh, to get the priesthood started. And then the priests will take over uh, in, in offering these offerings and, and doing some of these rituals. Uh, but this is the beginning of all of this, the consecration of the priesthood. How important it is is summarized in these clothing in the close, closing verses. There I will arrange meetings with the children of Israel. I'll be sanctified of my glory. Uh, he goes on, he says, I will sanctify Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel. I'll be their God. I'll be their Elohim. <laughs> so this is the declaration. Of Yahweh, this is why this thing is so important. That's why they carry it in the middle when they begin to move this tab this tabernacle and stuff goes right in the middle of them. The priesthood uh, always attending to the things that need to be attended to, because this this is to be seen as the presence of Almighty God with His people. They will know that I Yahweh am their Elohim who brought them out of the land of Egypt in order that I may dwell in their midst. I am Yahweh Elohim. Okay. So this, this is to be seen as something that will, that will include the people and uh, 
establish a relationship with the people. Now, who's doing all the talking? The people didn't get to vote on this, right? God says, I'm going to do this and I'm your God. And you're my people. Okay, you take that through the Old Testament. When they drifted away and went to idols, bad things happened to them. Why? Because God said, I'm your God. Baal is not your God. Dagon is not your God. I'm your God, and you're my people. So if you think about the, if you think about the people, the children of Israel, the Israelites, and to think about how, what we're studying a little bit in Luke, and what, for example, what Christ said to the daughters of Jerusalem, weep for yourselves, because not too many years from there, the whole place is going to be leveled. Tens of thousands, ten, scores of thousands of people were just going to be slaughtered by the Romans. Children, women, men, doesn't matter. Uh, their temple, the carefully, the, the, the carefully kept genealogies, all that's going to be lost. Part of the judgment was so that we would know that those things just aren't necessary anymore. We have Christ. It doesn't matter what your genealogy is. The only genealogy that matters is the only one that's given in the Bible in the New Testament, and that's the genealogy that leads us to Jesus, and that's it. You don't need anything else after that. So the genealogies are not important, although they were very important to the Jews back in those days. Uh, the temple is meaningless. Judaism is meaningless. Uh, as a matter of fact, Phariseeism died fairly quickly after uh, the Romans invaded uh, invaded Jerusalem. So, you know, you don't have Pharisees today. You don't have none of that stuff today. It's because Christ himself declared judgment on it and, it and it came because of the fact that they rejected their God. Now, they have this promise. So you and I, we're going to project it from here out to where they are today. Up until the last some years, some decades, they were scattered among the nations of the world. And they were hated by the nation. Wherever they are, hated by the nations of the world. But the Lord said through his prophets that they would begin to come back. They'd be regathered to the land. You and I have seen, we're seeing that. Uh, have seen it, which what began in 1948 when they gave them a land. And now they're coming from all over the, all over the world, uh, coming back into Israel. And... Uh, God has, has, has told them how he, will, how he will do in that last time that he will be their God. You know, and we see the salvation of Israel in the time of the tribulation. So it's an amazing thing. And I've all, I always say this to people. If you want to understand the truth and validity of the scriptures, just look at the history of the Jewish people. That's all you got to do. There's no other reason but the hand of God that those people should be preserved like they are. Even in a time of disobedience and rebellion, yet still God said, I'm your God. And they will never be the kind of people they are until they are back in Jerusalem and back in the land as a, as a people. Uh, and I think we may be very close uh, to see in the conclusion of all that, even in our day. Okay, that takes care of the uh, consecration of the priesthood. Uh, let's pray and we'll, we'll be done. Father, we thank you for your word. We marvel at it. 
and what it means even to us today. We pray, O oh God, that you'll teach us to hide all of your word in our hearts so that we won't sin against you. In Jesus' name, amen.